0: Man. In Mark chapter 5, verse 6, the Bible says that when he saw Jesus afar off, when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Amen. I'm dropping you right in the middle of a narrative in the New Testament in the life of Christ in his three and a half years of ministry. As he traveled, as he went from place to place, as he healed and taught and preached, we find that in this particular scenario that uh, he came to a place where people would gather. We would find him on a beautiful hillside overlooking the sea, teaching multitudes. We will find him uh, teaching from a boat on the side of the shore. What a beautiful Uh, setting that must have been we find him in the streets of the city we find him teaching uh, even in the temple but in this place we find that they have arrived on the coast of Gadara and uh, this particular place that they have come is a rocky shoreline and uh, when you get to the top of this rocky outcrop beside the sea you will find that you have arrived In a graveyard it's in this graveyard that we find the person of which has been written in this passage for the Bible says there was one there who was terrorizing his community the Bible tells us that the people of the town had bound this gentleman up they had tied him they did everything in their power to contain him yet The impulses and the urges within him were so abrupt and so violent and so vile that nothing could keep him contained. Parents worried about him for the safety of their children. Husbands worried about him for the safety of their wives. People worried about him for the safety of their elders because this man was prone to violence and they did everything they could to keep him contained, yet every chain they put on him would be broken, and every stock they would put on him would be shattered until he roamed like a wild animal in the graveyards of their place. And his howling cries throughout the night and days would create fear in all of the people. And it is into this maniacal mess that Jesus arrives with those who follow him. And they come off of the boat and into this graveyard. And here is this man who is stripped of all clothes, who is trailing chains that are attached to him, that sees him afar off. And the Bible says there is this incredible reaction. He does not twist into wild contortions. He does not roll around on the ground and froth at the mouth. He does not come at Jesus and his followers in acts of violence. But the Bible tells this, that when he saw the Lord afar off. Amen. I I, I wish today I had the time because I could just stop right here and preach an entire sermon, because often we see God, but we also see how far He seems to be away from us. Amen. Circumstances and situations and the dilemmas. And if you need a title for this sermon, it'll just simply be what to do in your dilemma. What to do in your dilemma. And all of us are living in dilemmas that... that. Put us in a perspective that where is God in my. Mess. I don't know what your mess is. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what your life is entangled with. I don't know what confusion and contortion has come into your situation. But I know that if you are alive today, that all is not probably well. That despite the persona and the facades that we put on, we let everyone know that we are good. No doubt you've shaken someone's hand today and say, yeah, I'm good, but you didn't tell them about the pain that's in your body. You didn't tell them about the suspicious things that's going on in your health that you're not sure what that could indicate and what it might mean. You did not tell them about the strangeness that has come into some of your relationships. You did not tell them about the financial things that you're facing that you don't know what to do, You did not tell them about the problems that have plagued you from childhood, the secrets that you have kept, the things that you have buried, the things that you have not told anybody. You did not tell them about the things that keep you up at night, that ter- uh, twist and, and create turmoil in your mind because it's unsettled and you are fearful and frustrated. But you are good. That's what we tell an- an another. You are good. But I believe that most people in this house have one dilemma or another that you're dealing with. And the problem is that these dilemmas tend to put God in a distance, amen, that that seems to be where is God in my problem? Where is God in my pain? Where is God in my situation? Amen. Most of us will leave here get in cars and if we were to look into the mirror on the side of a car as we leave, there's usually words that are etched into the glass there on the side and it says that there is a distortion effect that things are not as they appear and, 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 and things are not as far as they seem and the glass is created in such a way to give you a better view but, but it has distorted the perspective of how far things are. So the manufacturer wants to warn you that things are not as they appear. And that's what I've come to tell somebody today. God is not as far as he may seem. God is may, He's not as far as it may look. God is not as far as it may feel. You may feel like, I can't find God. I can't feel God. And I can't hear God. And I can't sense God. And where is God in my life? I can't. He's nowhere to be found. God doesn't know who I am. God doesn't care who who I am. And God certainly isn't where I am. But can I tell you today, my friend, that God is not as far as the enemy of your soul would like you to think. In fact, my friend, I would come to you to say, and he's as close as the mention of his name. And I would to God that somebody in this house, that this is the day you would begin to call upon the name of the Lord. And you will find that he will be there. He will show up in the strength. Strangest of places and the strangest of situations, just like the narrative of which we speak today. Who would expect God to show up in a place of death and graves? But God will meet you where you are. I'm going to simply say it like this. He doesn't expect for you to find your way to him. He's coming to where you are. He's coming to your problem. He's coming into your situation. He's coming to where you need him to be. He will find his way through the darkest of nights and through the most difficult of places, God is coming to find you. And that's what I I hope someone will receive from this today, that you didn't come looking for God today. This may be your first time in this service. This may be your first time in this church, but you didn't just show up. God came looking for you. God found you. Wherever you were, wherever you've been, and wherever life has taken you, God has been patiently following and walking with you with you, and calling on you, and attracting you, and drawing you. Why? Because He infinitely cares about you, because He loves you, because He wants you to be well. He wants you to be whole. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to be blessed, and so God has come looking for you, and He will come to the most unlikely of places, for the Bible tells us where could we go that God could not find us. If we ascend to the heavens, and the heavens of the heavens, the Bible Bible tells us he is there, and yet if we make our bed in hell itself, he is there also because where could we go that he cannot find us? And God has shown up in your life and mine today to work a purpose for us. And so the Bible says he saw him afar off. And today I wish to God somebody could see the glimmer of hope that has come on your horizon. That God knows where you're at and he knows your name and he knows your situation. And allow me to see. Say that his, your situation has not turned him off. That your problem has not overwhelmed or perplexed him. That your situation, amen. There may be those around you say, I wouldn't touch that problem with a 10-foot pole, but God is not overwhelmed with whatever you're dealing with. God is not put off by your problem, but God has come despite all that's going on in your life and if you could see the hope that has come your way today it would cause your heart to swell with gladness because the best days of your life are ahead of you the best day, you you have a life for the bible says he came that we might have life but life more abundant god has blessing god has help and god has healing ahead of you if you will receive him today and what he's trying to do in your life amen your future is brighter than you can imagine because hope has stepped on your horizon. And the Bible tells us that when he saw him, though he be afar off, there was something that happened. And when the Lord drew near to him, the Bible says he drew near to the Lord for where he was. He ran to where Jesus was and he fell at his feet and worshiped him. This is an interesting thing because we'll find in this in this telling of this tale that that it would come to light that this person was possessed by devils now devil possession is not a light thing it's not meant to be taken lightly but but this is quite a situation this is maybe the worst that it could possibly be because he is his 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 demented behavior his twisted and perverse behavior it is caused by the spirits that are within him and when they uh, were asked to identify themselves they said we are Many uh, we our name is legion, for we are many. It has been supposed that that could be that there were up to a thousand spirits or demons that possessed this particular man, whether or not that is the case, the reality is his life was not his own, he was not making his own decisions any longer, but his choices had been corrupted to the point that he would go to do right, but could not. He could not help himself because of the spiritual influence that was upon him. Amen. But the Bible tells us that despite the fact that he was a man literally possessed of evil. Here's what I want us to understand. We have believed a Hollywood perception of what evil and uh, possession looks like. Amen. We have seen a portrayal of, of, of ridding of spirits, but it is not scripturally accurate. What we see in this passage should change our perspective of what this means. This man... Who was uncontrollable by people, this man who could not control himself yet in the presence of the Lord. He did not display outlandish behavior, but he came and at the feet of Jesus began to worship him. That tells me today that there is nobody that is too far gone or too far under the influence of any kind of evil. Amen. You may be struggling with things from your past. You may be struggling with things that you have allowed into your life, and now it controls you. But can I tell you, there is nothing, a man, that would afflict your spirit, your mind, and your soul that can overpower the effect of the proximity of Jesus Christ. The very fact that you are in this house this morning tells me that the enemy of your soul does not control you nearly as much as he wants you to think. Amen. He is not nearly as powerful as he would like for you to feel. But I believe today that there is power in this place for every person, everyone in this house to be utterly delivered and set free. And can I tell you, before the deliverance of that man ever came. He was able to worship the Lord. That's why as we began to sing, every person in this house had the ability to open their mouth and sing with us because there's not a devil in hell that can keep you from expressing the gratitude and appreciation of the God we serve. He is not only Lord, but He is Lord of lords. He is not only King, but King of kings. And there's nothing that can keep us from worshiping Him. The Bible would then go and describe in this scenario what would happen as Jesus drove those spirits out from him. They would enter a herd of swine, and and it would so obsess these swine, they would cast themselves off a cliff, and they would be drowned in the sea below where Jesus had just come from. The people of the city would hear of this, and they would come, and they were marvel because this man who had ran maniacally through this gravesite would now be sitting clothed and in his right, mind at the feet of Jesus. I propose to you today that there is a transformation before you. Amen. That is going to astound everybody that has known you because there is potential in you that the adversary has been trying to ruin all your life. There is good in you that God is going to bring to the forefront of your existence that the enemy has been trying to reign on and suppress all of your life. If, he, if you ever understand the plans that God has for you. For my Bible tells us that our Lord knew you while you were yet in the womb of your mother. The Bible tells us that David said, in sin was I conceived and I was formed in iniquity. Not every one of us was born with a silver spoon in our mouth, but many of us came into the world troubled even at our time of birth. You may have been born into a home that was unstable. You might have been born into a home that was troubled. You might have been born into a family that had numerous Addictions before you ever took your first breath. And they say, well, you're just going to be like your daddy and you're going to be just like your mama. And your life up to this point has been a fulfillment of that dark prophecy. But can I tell you that when you were in the womb at your point of conception, God had plans for you. And the Bible said not to harm or to hurt, but to prosper you, to bless you, to use you in a mighty way. There is a life that God has has for you that is indescribably good and there is an enemy that has sought your destruction all your life but can I tell you that there is a transformation that has come your way through Christ Jesus he has brought it to your feet today he is standing before you with an opportunity will you hear him will you respond to him will you let him change your life because he can do more in a moment in an experience than we could do in a lifetime of rehabilitation my friend there is an experience of change for the Bible says we are not what we used to be I love what Paul says in such were some of us but we have been changed transformed washed and cleansed the Bible said we are new creatures in Christ behold all things are passed away and all things are become new we are not what we used to Be sitting around you may look like people with their act all together but can I tell you we were lost in our sins and we were dark in our ways but God has come along and healed us and we are still in a process of healing but what God has done for us he can and he will do for you and they saw him sitting healed clothed and in his right mind there's a way of thinking maybe you've never known. There's a way of thinking clearly without distortion and without the effect of sin and and, and the program. Can I tell you that some of us, amen, were programmed with negativity, with doubt, discouragement. Some of you were told all your life that you would never become, you would never attain, and you would never be worth anything. Some of us have been programmed to fail. Some of us have been taught to fail. Some of us have been taught to hurt and hurt others. But can I tell you, amen, that God wants to change not only how we live, he wants to change our thought, he wants to change our thinking, he wants to reroute our mind. He wants to, yes, he does, he wants to bring our mind and our heart into alignment with him and his word. And where we were cursers, we will be blessers, where we were herders, we will become healers. My God wants to transform, amen, and astound the community from which you are from. What will they say when God gets done? healing you. What will they say when God gets done working in your life? What will they say when God gets done with you? And they cannot believe, is this really the one that we banished? Is this the one that we cast out? Is this the one that we didn't want anything to do with? Is this the one that we gave up on? Is this the one that we quit on? Is this the one that we said would never be anything? Is this really the one? but look at what the Lord has done because I serve a God that if He can make anything, He can also make it over. He redeems and He heals and He restores and my God is wanting to work in us. And so today I preach a message of hope for everybody that is in this house. Look what the Lord has done. Amen. From this story, from this narrative that I've addressed already we find that there is something that we can take from this. There are some things that everybody in this house can do. First thing we addressed is that of worship. Amen. We went through a season in this service, a period of time in the beginning where we put our hands together. We stood to our feet and we sang the songs we 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 did what we call praise and can i i'm thankful for that and there's nothing more beautiful than when we gather together and we begin to sing unto the lord and The bible says let everything that hath breath praise ye the lord and and so that lets us know that there are no qualifications and there are no qualifiers on who can do what we have done today everybody is welcome to lift up your voice bible says clap your hands all ye lands under the lord bible says we can leap for joy and we can dance before his presence and we can shout unto God with a voice of triumph and that is why we worship and we praise him in such a demonstrative way but can i tell you that there is something that goes beyond the action of, of praise and 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 I thank God that we can put our hands together and we can lift our voices and we can sing but there is something that goes beyond that because you can join in the song and never know what the song means. You can clap your hands to a song that you don't understand and and we can sing words and melodies that that just appeal to our flesh, but I I promise you that it goes beyond that because there's something that is called worship. Amen, and worship isn't necessarily better, but it's a graduated level and it's it's just simply this. It is the acknowledgement of who he is. You can praise him without ever knowing. You can just praise him because, hey, he did a really cool trick but with you, when you worship him, you don't worship what he's done. You worship who he is, Amen. And there's some who don't know him intimately. You don't have to have known him long, but there has to be a connection. There has to be a connection. Amen. And in that connection, we suddenly, we know. The reason that man, though he were bound by many devils, was able to come at the feet of Jesus and worship, what that was was an acknowledgement. All he knew was that the one who had walked into the graveyard was greater than they that was upon him. Amen. He had been troubled by these many spirits for many years, but suddenly a power greater than they had walked in. He didn't know where he come from. He didn't know what he was about. He just simply knew that a greater than had come into his life. You don't have to understand the theology. You don't have to understand from Genesis to Revelation, but if you can recognize today that one that is greater has come into your life greater than your despair, greater than your depression, greater than your sickness, greater than the darkness in your life, if you can appreciate today that one that is greater has manifest or made himself known in this place, that's all you need to begin to worship because all you've got to understand in your mind is I don't know everything that's going on here and I certainly can't explain everything that's happening, but I know what I feel in my spirit and that there is something that is greater than every pain that I have ever felt, everything that I have ever struggled with that has come into this room. And whatever it is, God, I don't understand it. But I want you and I need you in my life. Everybody can worship Him. Amen. And we see this in this man, and I'm so thankful for this example because it lets us know there are no criteria to keep anybody exempt you don't have to measure up to anyone's specifications you don't have to measure up to anyone's wishes don't You don't have to jump through any hoops today. You don't have to prove it to pastor or anyone else. You just simply acknowledge who he is and worship him for what you know of him. And so everybody in this house can enter into a place of worship. But let me tell you what worship will do because when we begin to acknowledge him and and we recognize that there is someone greater in the room, it will expose to us. It will reveal to us the wrong in our life. If we're not careful when we reveal the wrong, we will do as Adam and Eve did and the Bible says when he visited them in the cool of the evening that they hid themselves from the presence of God. Amen. God visited them in the garden and walking through calling Adam where art thou for Adam had hid himself because the presence of God revealed the wrong that was within him. Amen. Already maybe though you feel a euphoria and a gladness and feelings that you have never felt before in this service there still may be pangs of guilt and shame but if they knew who I was if they knew what I've done If anyone knew what I said, I would not be welcome here. I would not be allowed. But that is the adversary in condemnation because he is trying to drive you from the presence of God. He's reminding you what you've done. Can I tell you, God is not worried about what you've done. Amen. He's worried about who you are and what you allow him to do in your life. But it is that acknowledgement of wrong. And there's two responses. We'll either run from God or we'll run to God. Amen amen. There's nothing to be gained from running from God and hiding in our shame, but there is everything to be gained by running to God. And so when I say that after worship comes repentance, I don't mean just coming to an altar and saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. For the Bible tells us that godly sorrow leads us to repentance. Saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, is not repenting. But repentance is simply this, it's coming to God. Amen. So we got to do more than just be sorry, but we got to just simply come to the place that God, I don't want to live without you. Whatever that means, we'll work out those details and we'll get it right as you give us the power to do so. But today for this moment, what it means is I see my need for you. I see that my life is incomplete. I see that there are areas of my life that is broken. And instead of hiding from you in my brokenness, I'm coming to you because I see in you, God that you're the only one that can fix the mess that I'm in and so once we have begun to worship then we run to where he is and that is an act of repentance and I wonder today if there's anybody in this house that has come to a point of saying I'm tired of running from sin I'm tired of running from shame I'm tired of running from my past I'm tired of running from my life God I've come to this point I have turned my life around down. and it's not what I can do within myself but by the power that you have promised I am running to you. As we stand all over this house allow me to give you the last point that we deduct from this lesson. The Bible tells us the end of this man. Aren't you grateful that the Bible doesn't just stop this momentous occasions, say, wow, he was momentarily transformed. But because most of us aren't worried about, can, it, it, what we're worried about is can we continue? I can stop doing what I'm doing for an hour, for a day, for a week. What if I fall off the wagon? What if I turn back? What if I revert? And the thing that keeps most people from making meaningful changes in their life is their fear of going back to where they come from. The greatest fear, the thing that is keeping most of us from making good decisions, whether it's in our finances, our health, our lifestyles, things that would be considered sinful, is the fear that if I make the effort and I make this change, I cannot keep it in myself. And that's where the power of the Holy Ghost comes in you and i cannot keep the change within ourselves but the bible says we shall receive power after the holy spirit has come upon us when we receive the gift of the holy ghost it's not just a point of salvation thank god that we are saved through the infilling of the spirit but may i tell you that it is the the empowerment and the ability to do in life what we could not without it and God is going to lead us through changes. And he's going to lead us through healing and improvements in our life. But he does not leave us powerless to do so. But he empowers us to make these changes. And so we see the we see the end of this situation. We see the walking away from. Him. And the Bible says he wanted to go with Jesus. And Jesus said, No, you. And so he went. The Bible says he went. He did not stay where he was. In fact, there were those in his immediate proximity that did not trust the change. Don't be surprised if if there are people that are like I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure if this is going to stick. I'm not sure if this is the real you. What if you're just putting on? What if you're this is just an act? And that's the humanity. That's the humanity of people. And so while this man was not necessarily received about those who were closest to him, the Bible tells us that he went. He found somebody that would hear his story. And the Bible says he published or he shared with others what Jesus had done for him. The end result that God has for us is not just that we would be healed, our lives put back together, that our minds would be mended. Thank God for all of that but the end is then when we share with others that are like we were, that there's hope for them because we found hope ourselves. Who among us wouldn't, if we had some dreaded disease and, and the cure came upon us and now our lifestyle is radically changed and we are living a life that we never thought we could, would not find someone else that's suffering as we suffered and say, there's hope for you. You don't have to live this way. And so it is. If that's that way of the natural, how much greater of the spirit! And so it is. The Bible says he went his way, and he found others, and he shared with them what Christ had done. And here's the amazing thing: and they marveled. They marveled. They 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 were astounded. And they marvel. Here's the awesome thing about that. Do you think their marveling was at the man that was healed or the one who did the healing? Oh, they were grateful for what God had done for him. But it was God that got the glory. And our lives have the potential to be a testimony. For The Bible says, and you shall be my witnesses. Witnesses of what? Of what I can do in the lives of humanity. What God wants to do in your life will be a testimony to others. Look what God could do for them. Amen. And so we are seeing something happen that is, it's like that snowball effect. It's, it's going to grow and get bigger and lives are going to be affected and changed because you're one person, but but many are going to be affected by what you did and then many more will be affected by what God does in them because of your testimony. And that's why when we worship him for who he is and when we turn to him in repentance and, and then when God has worked what he does in salvation and transformation in our life. We don't keep it to ourselves, but we share it with others that they as well might receive what we have. And the Bible is full of testimonies of people that were healed and they went and told and others came. And then the Bible says, and he healed them all. We are going to see the far-reaching effect of what God does in the lives of many because of what you allow him to do in yours today. Let me say that again so you get it through your head. Why the enemy's been, let me tell you why he's been fighting you so much. Why he's been trying to hold you down. Why he's been trying to put you in a corner. Why he's been trying to bury you under your problems. Because when God does what God wants to do in your life, it is going to be effective in the life of so many others. He is scared to death what God could do through your testimony. So he wants to keep you buried in shame. He wants to keep you buried in habits. He wants to keep you buried in unhealthy thoughts. He wants to keep you buried in a lifestyle. But if you will allow him today, allow God, already there is this proximity thing that's happening. You're here and he's here. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Liberty. And so you are free today to make a choice that will heal you and your family and the generations that follow. You can change your family's legacy from this point on. Change the history of your entire family. What can God do through a healed father or mother? What can God do through a healed husband or wife? What can God do through a healed couple, a healed family?